are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool. And today we are going to be talking about Super Bowl 56 and it's a mock draft Monday. Uh, but before we do any of that, Landon, congratulations, LA Rams fan number one. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I, I was able to uh, uh, make it crawling back to my car. Uh, it's like a war zone out there. Los Angeles is in the street. They are celebrating. They they know that their team won a Super Bowl. They are fully aware. Uh, I heard the firework that went off last night. <laughs> the firework. Um, the, so it was, uh, and I'm pretty sure that was just an accident. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we we are we are all celebrating in the streets. It's a holiday here, uh, or at least that's what I told my boss. Uh, and and uh, yeah, it's it's nothing but smiles here in the number one football city in America, uh, Los Angeles. You couldn't even do the joke; it was without laughing. I, it was a, it was a nice little um, appetizer for the Lakers game that comes up on Wednesday, right? Yeah, the halftime show. That's that's what we showed up for in Los Angeles. That's oh why, God. like, it was so funny, like, talking about all these Rams fans. Like, they were talking about all these Rams fans getting to watch their team win the Super Bowl. All the Rams fans probably left at halftime after the halftime show was done. So, did you uh, uh, did yeah. you watch the post game uh, show with Stan Kroenke, the the owner of the Rams? Like, he seemed like he was. <laughs> <laughs> you've never seen an owner less enthused about his team winning a Super Bowl. It was like, a big, <laughs> it was a chore for him to get up there and say thank you to all the Rams fan. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's got a, he's, he's got a, he's got a very short window to start monetizing on this. Uh, so he's got to get, gosh. he's got to get going with the uh, marketing. So. Oh, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's talk about the game. You and I were both rooting for the Bengals, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of, I mean, only because like I, I like the underdog aspect of it for sure. So, what did you think about just the game in general? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, I think that every year that I get older, I am less and less impressed with the Super Bowl. Uh, you like the quality of the game. Well, it's just like it, it felt like. I don't think that the Rams played a particularly great game, you know, no, like they didn't. They, they, in fact, you know, short of that one drive uh, that was very much buoyed by the, the penalties that were called. Uh, I thought the Rams offense was, was pretty bad to say the least. Um, I thought that Cincinnati was, was really did a great job of being able to, to limit their ability to run the football, which really limited the offense's ability to, to do anything. Uh, and it wasn't really until they kind of started force feeding Cooper Cup, and then they got a couple of penalties uh, to kind of get them in line, and then you know give them multiple chances in the red zone to get mm-hmm. an opportunity to score a touchdown. Uh, you know, I just wasn't overly impressed with either of these teams' offenses. Uh, so the, my big takeaway for the Rams is that they just didn't seem. You know, there's a lot of glitz and glamour and a lot about high uh, high price players and, and a lot of, you know, superstardom surrounding, but they didn't play like superstars to me. 
Uh, and in, in fact, outside of Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup, most of the superstars really kind of had pretty middling games. And then on the Cincinnati side, I would say uh, the the thing that I, my mind kept on going to was that we we're going to have to see uh, another season of the uh, Chase versus Sewell memes uh, because of this uh, Super Bowl. No, it, it, it's no. it's just. I mean, it, well, I mean, we are get, get ready because it's happened already. So don't do that. Uh, we can't. We we this team was a player two away from winning the Super absolutely. Bowl. Absolutely. Hey, listen, Cincinnati. All the credit goes to them. They showed up. They played a great game. They were in position to win that game. And like I said, uh, if it, if not for a couple of penalties here and there, and 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 a big play there, that one drive. Uh, Cincinnati had every opportunity to win this game and they should be yep. totally thrilled with the way that they played. Yeah. I, I had some of the same takeaways that you did. Just over the last five years or so, this, the quality of the games in the Super Bowl has not been great. Like we just don't get very well-played games. Like we've had them all throughout the playoffs. We had some really well-played games. This wasn't one of them. Like it was close, but it was kind of sloppy, right? It well, wasn't I mean, I think that, because of penalties, though, either it just it was not a yeah. crisp game at all. Yeah, I mean, penalties didn't happen until that one drive. Frankly, yeah. I don't, like yeah. almost at all. And, and and really, I think it's those two things are tied together. It feels like the fact that you had such an exciting playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl, and the fact that you didn't have uh, uh, a, a an incredible, you know, uh, uh, grab the brass ring element of the Super Bowl is that you've got two pretty flawed teams in the Super Bowl. Uh, and and they kind of played like it. Neither one of them were necessarily, you know, the, uh, you know, taking charge and, and and going to get the thing, you know, up until again that one drive in the fourth quarter. So, uh, yeah, that's the, I think that's the thing that you know I feel like we've been missing. Uh, I mean, since the Patriots left, and, and and even the Patriots, you know, in some of the Super Bowls they won near the end, like uh, they were sometimes just the, the team that was less uh, uh, sloppy, yeah. not so much the team that, you know, went out and, and took control of their destiny and, and, and went away as champion. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, honestly, my biggest takeaway watching the game yesterday, and I was watching with a bunch of family members. It's man, this is, it was a missed opportunity from the Cowboys because they were just as talented as both of these teams in the Super Bowl, right? Like they were, these were two four seeds that kind of, you know, played okay in the playoffs. Neither, I don't think either one of these teams played a great game in the playoffs, right? Not even And one. they made it, and the Rams ended up winning it. It's got to be so frustrating for Cowboy fans to watch that game and not see your team in the Super Bowl. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, th that is certainly one way to look at it, for sure. The other way to look at it is that none of these teams are really that great. I mean, this is supposed to be a team that went all in and uh you know did everything they could and this is as far as they got i mean like i said they won the super bowl that that's awesome but it's not like they i mean even if they ran everybody back which i, I don't think they can do no they will no uh, uh, it's not like they're i don't even know that they would be the number one choice to win the super bowl next year or or to win the nfc like i just think that there's so much parity now and the nf and, and this is the top team and they aren't like you know, head and shoulders above the rest of the NFC. So I want to, I want to talk about that. I, I will, I want to say that because I, I agree yeah, with you, but I, I kind of disagree at the same time. Um, okay. Let, let's just finish up the Super Bowl thoughts. I felt really bad for, for the Bengals though, because they played, Yeah. It, they were so close to winning. They held a fourth quarter lead. It's just, they, they couldn't get the stop that they needed to on defense and 
Listen, they, they had a sequence. It was second and one, and they couldn't get a first down in three plays. It was brutal. Yeah. Uh, basically decided was... this game. Yeah, and, and just, you know, uh, the things that were working for a lar- large portion of the game for them uh, just kind of stopped working. The, the pass rush kind of fell apart there, and, and, yeah. and it just became, you know, th- look, the Bengals obviously are going to be in the offensive line rebuilding uh, market this offseason. There's no way around that. Uh, and, 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 again, it's it's frustrating uh, uh, to watch a weakness that you've had all season you know, not improved to the point where it's the thing that ends yeah. your season. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of what the Bengals watched well, happen. And the Bengals have had a couple things happen. Like they lost Riley Reef, their right tackle. They lost yeah. a couple guys at guard. And then everybody got on them from not for not drafting offensive line, but they did. They drafted a second round guard in Jackson Carmen, who didn't play yesterday because he wasn't good enough. Like that's part of it. If you're going to draft on the offensive line, you got to hit on your picks and they yeah, they're going to be in the market. By the way, I don't think Connor Williams would be all that bad of a fit for the Bengals. Like if they wanted to spend like six or seven million to get a guy that started a bunch of games, I think that would make a lot of sense for them. I kind of hope he goes there. I've at least seen Connor Williams block Aaron Donald before. So yeah, I mean, and I think most of the guards <laughs> that they had last night. Yeah, Connor Williams is not a perfect offensive lineman, but I, man, if you can, a guy that's pretty healthy throughout his career and plays through injury and stuff. I, I think Connor Williams would make a lot of sense for that team, but I'm sure we'll get it. Well, plenty of time to, to talk about them uh, this offseason, Connor Williams and where he's going to land. But uh, let's take a quick break to tell you guys about built bar. It's that time of year where everybody gives up on their new year's resolutions, <laughs> but not this year. Well, I don't, why are you laughing, Lane? It's not like we ate a bunch of junk food last night, did we? No, I, I ate very healthy. And, and the way I know it was healthy is because I had a built bar at the end. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you saw the spread that we have, but it was it was ridiculous. It was. We're gonna talk about that too, so okay, we'll okay, definitely we'll get into spreads as well. Uh, so yeah, now that now that the, uh, the Super Bowl is passed, let's start eating healthier again. Let's do it by eating uh, built bars. They only contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein, but they're 100 covered in real chocolate. So many great flavors. I don't even need to list them all. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. After watching the Super Bowl last night, Landon, does it make you think that the Cowboys should have gone all in and be more aggressive and maximize the championship window? Or do you kind of agree with the way that they're building this team and it's the long run, it's about drafting and, and keeping your own guys. What are your thoughts after seeing not only this Super Bowl, but also Tampa Bay do the same thing last year? I, I think that it's uh, – I, I think that both methodologies can, can and will work. I, I just think that there's not – like, I, and again, this kind of goes back to the thing that we had talked about a couple of weeks ago where – there's this tendency by the NFL to view what the most recent Super Bowl winner does as the the the, the way to do things, right? Uh, do I think the Cowboys could do a little bit more in the way of kind of signing, uh, you know, mercenaries or, or you know, outside the kind of guys agents, that, right? Outside free agents on like short-term rental deals. Yep. I think they could do a little bit more of that. What I don't, I don't necessarily want to see them do is. Uh, completely mortgaging the future to go all in necessarily on one season because I understand how successful it was for the Rams, but I mean, 
I think we just talked about it, man. Like there are so many things that could have gone the other way. Sure. You know, it, it was not like, I, I just think that there's an, this idea that when somebody wins the Super Bowl, we forget all the negative stuff or all the, the potential pitfalls or whatever. And just focus I on agree. the fact that they are the Super Bowl winners. The Rams had many opportunities where they could have screwed this up. Uh, and, and I think that, that against teams that have been better, but like, think about San Francisco and like, they're not one of those teams that are necessarily going out and getting those kind of, uh, of, of, you know, hired free agents. I think there's lots of ways to do this. Uh, and I think that, you know, if you're good at doing a certain, you know, having a certain methodology and you're having success building a team that way, then you should continue to do it. And for the Cowboys building the team, isn't the problem as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, it's not like this team didn't have enough. T- I mean, look I at the Rams, look at the Cowboys. Do you think that the, Ra- the Cowboys didn't have enough talent on the team to win the Super no. Bowl? I, I don't think that that was yeah. the problem. So I think it has to come down to, to performance and, 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 and coaching at that point. And, and I don't, I don't know if, t- if, if there's a shift in team building is necessary, especially when you're one of the very best at building the teams in, in the methodology that you use. I agree. I, I don't think the Cowboys should this year go out and trade all their draft picks for instant starters and stuff. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that's wise, but I, I do think they've got to be more aggressive at picking their spots in free agency and I trades. Think that's like, yeah. like one or two guys can make a huge difference. And let's, let's look at the Bengals, right? The Bengals didn't trade away a bunch of draft picks, but they went out and paid Trey Hendrickson. That move really, really helped, right? Uh, they went out and got DJ Reader, and they held the Rams to like 1.9 yards per carry last night. Awuzie, uh, he might have been the best cornerback on the field last night, and that includes Jalen Ramsey, right? Like those are the type of moves that I wish the Cowboys would make every so often. It doesn't even have to be every year, but hey, when you get a chance to go upgrade a position in free agency, and, and yeah, you might be overpaying that guy a little bit, but you're adding talent, outside talent. I think that's that's something they need to look into. Well, Jalen Ramsey continues to prove that cornerbacks don't matter. Uh, <laughs> but DJ, <laughs> sorry, uh, DJ Reader and, and, and Chidovia Wuzier. I mean, uh, look, there is no bigger DJ Reader fan than me. Yeah. I, I I was the guy banging the drum for this dude when he came into the league. I thought it was an incredible signing by uh, them the first time. Uh, but uh, the or, I'm sorry, the offseason. So I, I I totally see how that came through. Chidovia Wuzier was a guy that I mean, <laughs> look, we all got firsthand experience from him. It always felt like he was just like that close, right? Like yep. to kind of just getting over the hump, or and, and and it looks like he did that. So I, yeah, look, and I think that this is a great example, right? Like the the Bengals are a team that likes to build from within, and what they did is they supplemented. I think the Bengals are actually closer to kind of what the Cowboys do. I agree. The Cowboys yeah. are are better at drafting, I think, generally, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that the Cowboys maybe just need to continue to do what they do, but maybe just dip their toe a little bit in the Los Angeles method as if you see a guy that's a being made available for a low draft pick on a no risk one year deal rental yep. situation, go for it, man. Like okay I mean, to I, give I, up I, a fourth round pick, like a fourth round pick is not going to kill your drafting strategy. Right. Yeah. So, and, and it's not, you know, it's not always, uh, 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 you know, putting, taking, putting your back, putting your, your, your drafted guy in the back seat. You just need to kind of, Yep. Take the chance to think that that an injection of talent midseason is a good thing. So uh, I definitely see the Cowboys more on the side of the Bengals sort of building thing. And I think that they're good at it. Uh, I would like to see them, I agree, kind of maybe take one or two more kind of toe, toe dips in this 
sort of cheap trade op- yep. opportunities that can eventually turn into a, a comp pick if, if you're lucky. All right. So I had two thoughts last night uh, about the future of the Cowboys. And I want your thoughts after just kind of watching the Super Bowl. Uh, they have a they have a quarterback who's like 29 years old. They have, you know, I think two Hall of Fame offensive linemen and Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. Why not restructure all those guys and say you, you'd have thirty five million dollars of cap space and try to go in for the next two years? Because it's probably, you know, Martin and Tyron aren't going to be around forever. Dak is in the prime of his career. Zeke is probably in his last year here. Why not look at this as a two-year window and not necessarily give up all your assets for 2022, but look at it like, hey, this is our shot to win a Super Bowl. Let's go do everything in our power to, to now to go do that. But then I was also thinking maybe this was the year. Maybe this was the last time that the Cowboys truly had a championship window and with so many free agents and with the cap space, you know, but them being $21 million over the cap, Maybe this is a year they just kind of reset their books. They let a bunch of guys hit free agency. They don't restructure contracts. So if they need to get out of Zeke and Tyron Smith at the end of this year, they could do that. If they need to get out of Demarcus Lawrence, they could do that as well. Which camp do you kind of belong to, Landon? Oh, that's a great question, honestly. Because yeah, I've been kind of having similar thoughts, right? Like this is this is an opportunity to go either way. I mean, because you could get a, this the chance to say, okay. This is a good spot to kind of reset things, let go some bad contracts, try to get some money back, see if you can set yourself up for a really strong window. And not necessarily tank, because that's not what we're saying either, right? No, It's more just a year of resetting your books. So in 2023, 2024, you could be a little bit more aggressive in free agency and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, it's going to come down to – how patient Jerry is, you know, um, and and he hasn't been terribly patient l- lately. But maybe, maybe that's the issue, right? Maybe the issue is is that he needs to uh, uh, allow some things to be reshuffled, reshuffled, so that they can kind of point towards. You know, there, there's. I do think that there's something to the idea that you cannot continue to just try to reload uh, instead of rebuild. You know, like there's there's a point when you need to kind of uh, take a step back and refocus your efforts towards a specific season where your you know synergy is toyed, pointed towards that season where you've got your contracts in a good spot. You can get everybody going because ultimately, if you're just trying to make it work year after year after year, uh, you're limiting your ability to kind of uh, uh, yep. And maybe that's what we're talking about overall, right? Is like maybe just slightly adjusting this kind of constantly setting yourself up year for year and and just pushing a little bit more chips into a specific season uh i think that might be something that's worth going in uh and doing at some point but i also think you know not to the extent necessarily that los angeles did it and, and i don't think that i guess what i what I, my whole take for, with that in general is that uh it, it doesn't require that level of all in but that doesn't mean that i wouldn't like them to see them try a little bit higher level than what they're where they're at right now i don't know how i feel because i think i could go either way right because i don't think this team is that far away from winning the super bowl like i we just got done talking uh, talking about like this team maybe should have won the super bowl this year when you look at their talent compared to the rest of the nfc so if you bring everybody back and maybe Dak is healthier, you add one or two pieces in the draft, maybe they could win 
the Super Bowl next year. Um, but at the same time, you're just not going to have that same roster that you had last year. And if that's the mm-hmm. case, we kind of saw as far as they went this year, maybe, maybe a year off where they reset their books, they trade a couple veterans for some picks, get a bunch of comp picks from guys leaving in free agency and look forward to 2023, 2024. Maybe that is the best strategy. I, I, I don't know. And I'm really curious to see how the Cowboys handle it. Yeah. And I think honestly, part of it is going to be about like, how quickly do you think the giants and the Eagles and Washington can catch up to where you are? Right. Like how are they able to get a, which are one are you the most nervous about? Well, Washington could get a quarterback and suddenly be, uh, uh, you know, in the conversation, I feel like, right. Like they have, I, I think that they can have return some guys on defense that gives you some pause. They have some players on offense. Uh, I, I love, I hate to say this, but I love what New York has done in the off season as yeah. far as building a coaching staff and the Eagles have a ton of draft picks. So I, I think they're all, uh, and that's part of the reason that it was upsetting kind of that the Cowboys didn't take advantage of the season this year is that I think all three of those teams are likely to improve, you know, maybe rapidly these next few years. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I think Philly makes me the most nervous, right? Because let's say they do make a big blockbuster trade for a quarterback like Russell Wilson. As we saw with the Rams this year, look how much just upgrading your quarterback even a little bit can help, right? And with that roster, who knows? So uh, we're, we're not plenty of time to talk about the, the Cowboys offseason and what they're going to do. Uh, so make sure you guys are – uh, coming back and listening to we're gonna be talking draft free agency and all that stuff but today Landon, it's a mock draft monday and this one comes from pro football focus uh, but before we get to that i want to tell you guys about bet online football might be over this season but basketball is in full steam with both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds totals players performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land betonline.net is the number one spot for all the sports betting needs that you have Bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Landon. Our latest mock draft from Pro Football Focus has the Cowboys selecting... Tyler Linderbaum, center from Iowa at pick number 24. How would you feel about Linderbaum, a 290-pound center for the Cowboys in round one? Uh, time to run a bunch more zone. Uh, I, I, I like I like Linderbaum a lot. I, I think, for, you know, I, I've seen a little bit of it. I haven't fully studied him yet, but definitely, obviously, with all the chat, chatter about him, watched a couple of games. Yeah. Uh, you know, clearly uh, – uh, uh, one of the best movers you're going to see at center, a uh, very heady player. Uh, you know, the question becomes, you know, does the value of the position warrant a, the the kind of high pick, especially on a team that uh, is going to be cash strapped center is not exactly an expensive position. So, uh, you, you, you know, he is probably likely if you get him at 24, one of the more talented players that you're going to get there. The question becomes like, do you want to draft an undersized center at 24? And I think he's in the player wise, you would say, yes, absolutely. Uh, I just think that there are some cap considerations to consider if, if there's yeah. a player of equal sure. value at a position that's valued more. I think Linderbaum is a top 10 ish player in this draft, maybe even higher. 
but I keep coming back to like what Jerry Jones said about the offensive line is he likes it when you have a, you know, a, a big pocket right in front of the quarterback and Dak Prescott's always kind of struggled if his center can get bullied a little bit, right? If he has pressure right in his face, I don't know if that's going to be a big issue for Linderbaum, but you do have to worry about it just a little bit with a 290 pound center, right? Yeah, I think so. I th- certainly think it's worth, it's certainly something that's going to be brought up. I mean, if he wasn't, if positional value wasn't a thing and, and his size wasn't a thing, yeah, you would be talking about a top 10 player as far as just pure talent yeah. at his position sure. in this draft. I'd have no problem with it though, because I do think he could come in and help right away. You'd now put Tyler Biotish in, in a competition, probably for that left guard spot, right? Him and Connor McGovern probably competing for that left guard spot, which is fine. Like those are two guys that with a bunch of snaps under the belt. I, I don't hate that. Right. Um, and now you've got a, a, a long-term option at center. And with everybody comparing this draft to the thir- 2013 draft, where it was really weak up top, Listen, if the Cowboys could replicate replicate their 2013 draft success with hey. Travis Frederick in round one, I would take that, right? We'll take it for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. With, with a trade back and some extra picks too? That, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, we'll throw that part in too. All day. Uh, all right, I like it. So give me this a mock draft to grade. I would say A-. minus. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, it's a nice soft landing. I, I, I'd I, like to see who else is available, but honestly. The, uh, you not know, your linebacker, no Kobe Dean. Wasn't available. My linebacker, Nakobe Dean. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to yeah. save that one for later. Uh, a couple guys that were available. Um, Kenyon Green, the offensive lineman for Texas A&M, was there. A bunch of receivers that the Cowboys did want to move on. David Ajabo, the edge rusher from Michigan. Trent McDuffie, corner from Washington. Yeah, I mean, I like Green a lot, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not poo-pooing that. I think that's a okay. good pick for sure. All right, tell me about your Super Bowl spread. What'd you get? What'd you go with? Oh man! So first of all, my wife made uh, what she calls the taco pee pizza, which was unbelievable. It was okay. I, I could only eat like two pieces of it. Uh, it was uh, queso, right? Mm-hmm. As the as the sauce essentially with chorizo and onions and jalapenos. And it was uh, unbelievably good, but it's incredibly filling. And then we had some uh, some uh, garlic chicken wings, some chips, some dip, uh, mm. some sodas. It's lots of lots of fun stuff uh, for the three of us. Like that was the thing is it was just we didn't have anybody over. It was just the, me, my wife, my daughter. So there was lots of leftover oh. food. That's probably what I'm eating today too. I imagine. We uh, I went to a cousin of mine's and we had 50 people there and we did. Three sheet pizzas, which had like 40 slices in them a piece. Uh, and then we did – I did a, a five-cheese queso that I did my smoker. Mm. We had meat trays, cheese plate trays. We had like seven or eight different crock pots going of soup and cheese dips. And it, it was just a disgusting amount of food. It, let me just tell was you it, Was it cold yesterday? Were you guys able to kind of – Hang out outside, or was it just no? All, it, it was like, it was freezing no. cold. We were all outside, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good it thing was, is this house was, had like it had like four or five different like TV setups, like so people could kind of spread out through the house and watch the game. So that good. was that's that was good. nice. But it was the, a little bit the, chilly here last night. It got down uh, to the sixties, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, one last thing I saw on Twitter today: people showing the traffic from LA. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a really old video that people were really showing, old. right? Well, the, the the best part too was that people didn't even notice it had like a little ABC watermark. Like, so did ABC News like like that? I mean, it was darker when people were tweeting that that photo that video out. It was darker in the video than it was currently at that point in California. So yeah, it was I mean, like what, yeah. seven o'clock there, eight o'clock there. Yeah, and, and I'm also pretty sure that it was in a four by three frame. Like, so it was like, what? <laughs> it's not even HD. You guys think this is live video? Of like, I, think I watched yeah, it on one I, of my box TVs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> traffic hasn't quite been like that in LA for for the last two years, uh, simply because of the COVID pandemic. But yes, I definitely remember that video and that. Uh, Hopefully no one was stuck in any kind of traffic like that. I, I really, really doubt it. Uh, well, congratulations to the Rams. I can't wait for them to celebrate the, for this for about three more hours until they turn their attention to something different. Oscar season's coming up, right? That's going to – That's Yeah, that's what everyone's – I'm sure like they're going to be in their interviews. Like, you know, they're like, hey, congratulations on winning the Super Bowl. By the way, who do you think is going to win Best Picture this <laughs> Did year? Did you watch Don't uh, Look Up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What were your thoughts on Don't Look uh, Up? That, they'll, they'll definitely refocus the attention – where it should be, uh, as they do usually do in Los Angeles. Uh, Rams, friends. Hey, great season. Uh, looking forward to the off season. It's going to be going to be a wild one, Landon. Uh, we'll be with yeah. you guys every single step of the way. Download the podcast at Locked On Cowboys. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you next time.